Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, my guest is a returning guest from way back in episode seven of the show. And by the way, as of about this recording, this show has been going for about four years. We just passed the fourth anniversary of the show, which is awesome. My guest is Dana Byers. And the last time she was on the show, we talked about minimalism for the very first time on this show. And we've talked about it again recently with Joshua Becker. But it was great to catch up with Dana again and see the transition that has happened over the past four years, as well as what she's up to now, which stems from that minimalistic attitude or perspective that she has. And in fact, she has something new that she has written called Become Your Own Personal Assistant, How to Hack Your Task Lists Once and for All to Achieve a Calmer Life. And as you listen to this conversation, you're going to hear a lot of, I hope, perspective changing or calibrating or renegotiating in terms of expectations from others, of yourself even, how to assess that, and honestly, just a lot of thoughts about automation and organization and mental bandwidth and decision fatigue and optimizing your life to have a sense of margin, and in fact, literally have some actual margin in your life. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Before we get into that, I want to say thank you to A. Weber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. If you're at a point in your life where you know there is something next in your online presence that needs to be done, it's probably something along the lines of creating your first podcast episode, recording your first YouTube video, creating shareable images for social media, or even creating your very first Facebook ad. AWeber has a free resource and checklists to walk you through all of those things and more. Head on over to aweber.com slash to do. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash T-O-D-O. You really need to not miss this opportunity to grab these free resources. Make sure, again, to go grab that at aweber.com slash to do. Don't procrastinate. Head on over, grab those resources, and claim this day as the time to move forward in your education, your inspiration, and your action towards that next thing down the road for your online presence. You will be glad that you did. And now, enjoy this conversation with Dana Byers. This week, it is my privilege to welcome back a previous guest from even early on in kind of what I call the first season of the show in the first 10 episodes or so. 
It's Dana Byers. Dana, welcome back. Thank you so much, Eric. It's fun to be here with you today. So you are actually literally about an hour away from me now, which was <laughs> not the case back then when right. we recorded the first time. You were out in Colorado? I was in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. It's right near there, sort of-ish, anyways. Yes, yes. Further west than me. But mm-hmm. now we're both in Indiana. Yes. And let's see, last time we talked all about minimalism, which I'm sure is going to creep into this conversation. Sure. sure. <laughs> but the scenario was, is that you were working, I don't, you know, I don't know how much we talked about this specifically, is where you were at that time. Mm-hmm. It was more about minimalism and how that had guided and slash influenced the traveling that you guys had done and and all of that. But let's pick back up where we left off, I guess. And you guys just made a major, well, major is debatable. Although you guys had some instenuating circumstances with like car crash stuff and everything, but I don't know. What <laughs> I'm going all over because I know this stuff. It's like random. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, it, it wasn't a major move. It was just a move back from Oklahoma to Indiana, mm-hmm. but in the middle of snow and <laughs> car crashes. But anyway, yeah. everyone's safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we – gosh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think my only response to that is what I tell our kids, and that is, you know, we are buyers. We're risk takers. We enjoy adventure, and there's adventure in everything, even just in the move uh, coming back. It was a real quick – uh, transition when we felt like it was time for our family to come back to Indianapolis uh, last November. And we sold our house and had moved everything within about six or seven weeks time so that we could have our kids in school here whenever the semester began in January. Uh, and yes, unfortunately, we had a pretty big ice storm and we bought a car right before we left and then proceeded to wreck that car on the way. <laughs> And uh, it was, it's something that it's not too soon to laugh about yet, thankfully. But we find that anytime we really try to pursue something that we feel is important for our family, that's when we run into all of the mountains. And we try not to look at the mountains, but I actually appreciate you reminding me of that this morning because it turned out to be a wonderful decision. We're so thankful to be uh, where we are. And it wasn't without a little bit of difficulty, not just the car accident, but a variety of of other things, including, I was just thinking about this the other night, Eric, we had friends over for dinner. And uh, if you were to come to our house for dinner, currently our dining room table is pretty damaged. And most of our belongings, when they moved cross country, this time were damaged. It would be rare to find something come off the truck. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't have something wrong with it. It became kind of a a joke after a while. I will get around to repainting our table, but it's kind of been on that. It's not really in my next actions list. It's in my someday maybe list (laughs) of things to do. And uh, it's fun, though, because it's a great story. And I think as a minimalist and just really someone who values living out priorities, it's fun to share that story about the move and just be able to say, you know what? At the end of the day, it's a dining room table. We didn't pay a lot for it because our kids were young when we got it. We didn't want to have to worry about buying expensive furniture that was going to get damaged. And um, we just appreciate the ability to live lightly. doesn't mean we actually live in a really small house or don't own things. It just means, you know, our things don't own us. And that is what made moving so easy 
what makes moving hard, and we've done it a number of times. We've I've been married 16 years now, and we've moved about 15 times. Um, and, Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, on that, both things, I think. Yeah, that's but, not really a badge of honor, but... Um, <laughs> But we, you know, we've moved to a variety of states and a couple of places in Europe as well. And each time we've moved, it's just been a great reminder that the relationships that we have at these places that we've been able to live are what matter the most to us. And that inspires us to not only try to keep in touch with those people, but also to place proper value on the proper things when we're making decisions. Yeah. So in, in context, that dining room table is just a dining room table and not some heirloom thing. In fact, that actually brings up my brother and sister-in-law just moved recently and they bought this, I don't know, giant solid wood table, dining table from somebody. And the old woman was kind of weeping a little bit as she was passing it on to them and saying <laughs> it was, it's been passed down through the family. And like, I'm not saying it comically, but at the same time, it's like, wow, the like preciousness that... Uh, of attachment to a thing is good and bad. We're actually in the middle of packing our stuff up now and cl- having closed on a house that we are moving out of and then moving to rent a little bit mm-hmm. for a while. And so we've been in the mix. My head is right there in that space Ooh, yeah. these days. Ooh. And we've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. I feel better and I actually feel better the more we put in boxes and put in the storage unit with the way our house looks. So yes. yeah. It's freedom. And I think you can definitely go overboard. I've done that. There's this sort of balance of where you understand the environment you're in. Wow, there was too much. Or wow, now there's too little. Because no matter all the places we've lived in, little bitty 400, 500 square foot places in Europe to the home we're in now in Indianapolis, it doesn't matter so much the size or what's in the house. It's just that environment you create. And we really work to create a place of respite, you know, so that when we come home from work or when my kids come home from school, it is our safe place. And I really believe that you can accomplish that pretty quickly wherever you go, just by the people being there and everyone making sure they have that sense of home wherever you happen to be. Yeah. And so from talking to you prior to hitting record, I know that that's, in a sense, your mission right now, really. (laughs) But let's talk a little bit about how that's come to pass, because where you guys were out in Oklahoma was not where your husband was working and he was doing – actually, let's talk about that because you, okay. you can fill everybody in. I know more than the listener knows about Chris, sure. your husband. Sure. So let's talk about Formstack and some of the stuff that he even implemented in terms of remote work. Yeah, absolutely. So anyone who's been in a long-term relationship knows that you usually fall in love with someone who is not quite like yourself. <laughs> And that's what makes it wonderful. If there were two Danas, there'd be a lot of problems. If there were two Chris's, like my husband, there'd be problems too. So while he and I overlap in some very similar areas, we're also quite different. And thankfully, we're both activators, love to take risks, love to try new things, both very entrepreneurial. And he's been at uh, Formstack for, gosh, a little more than six years now. And I had been given the opportunity for a dream job at Life Church in Oklahoma, gosh, a little more than four years ago. And he took it to his board and they just said, yeah, we know you guys care about this. Uh, let's give it a try. You can remain in your role, work remote and, you know, travel in to back to Indianapolis from Oklahoma City. And so we did that. We moved to Oklahoma. We were there almost four years and he got to a point as the company's grown. They're just a phenomenal team of people. They actually 
shifted their entire culture to be remote. A large percentage of the team are remote. They have a great local office where people come through, they come in and visit, but some people, you know, are in other countries. They're internationally based. And so as they grew, Chris got to a point where he just said, you know, I really feel like I would love to be centrally located in Indianapolis so that I can be there when people do pass through and it can be a hub just because he's a very relational leader. And being a relational leader myself, I really understood and appreciated that. And so as some of the core things I was really invested in being involved in accomplishing at Church Online at Life Church, as those came to pass, I went ahead and resigned my role there at the end of last year as we planned to move. And my leaders at Life Church were so gracious and said, no, hey, why don't you give this remote thing a try? And I said, okay. So we switched to where I would work remote. And so we moved here and I did it for a few months. I was traveling back and forth and realized I got to a point where I was ignoring the signs that I was overdoing it. And there was a diminished return on energy and passion when I wasn't able to be in the office day in, day out with that team that I loved so much. And as a leader being so relational that way, I felt I wasn't as effective as I wanted to be. So I made the hard choice to go ahead and move on from that role uh, last April. And so it was a very positive transition, but also I was pretty gutted about it because I couldn't understand what would be coming up next for me. And yet at the same time, the very thing that led us to Indianapolis was the fact that Chris is such a relational leader too. And that's why working remote didn't work for me in the end, but it did for him all those years. So I think based upon, you know, the ages of where our kids are at and, and all those things and the fact that we haven't been able to have them nearly as rooted as we would like for them to be. My hope is that we would get for them to finish middle school and high school here in this location that we are at least just for their sake and for our family's sake as well. So it's been a really interesting transition and it's forced me to revisit who is Dana apart from a title, you know, and apart from work experience that I have as compared to Dana who's coming back and making new friends in a different part of the city and, and revisiting the things that she wants to share. Yeah. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic? For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond i have to really respect the fact that the context of remote working for an online church <laughs> is something that you decided didn't work for you based on your own work style, personality style, et cetera. And you knew why and you identified it. And and that the fact that you gave it a try, like and, and actually the fact that you even resigned it and then they said, No, let's try this. And you <laughs> tried it. And you, you know, I mean, what, you did it for four months and yeah. gave it a yeah. good go. But yeah. I think yeah. the other unique thing is so now essentially your quote unquote role or responsibility is stay at home mom mm-hmm. and that yeah. label. So you mm-hmm. are uniquely, you've had your foot in a bunch of different things. Yeah. Feet, I should say, not just one. <laughs> but, um, but now you're uniquely qualified to speak to something that I don't think I've ever had somebody on the show before talk about which is that role specifically and kind of hacking it because that's what you've just come out with is this this kindle book it's only kindle right it's not right yeah Mm -hmm. so you've got this new book and it's all about i said hacks and it is but it's all about living a normal life or transforming like a hectic life into a normal life and cultivating that margin as you were talking about yes Yeah, that's absolutely what it's about. You know, I, regardless of whether I was working full time or years ago when my husband and I were running a nonprofit organization overseas, I have always just sort of had this been driven by the the idea of developing and encouraging leaders by example. That's my kind of personal mantra in life. And to, well, I have three incredible leaders that I live with, Chris, my husband, and then my kids, Blake and Mackenzie. And my dream is to be an expert in them. So whenever, you know, I'm coaching them or when I'm talking to coworkers or friends and having coffee with them, I really want to become an expert in the people here are near and dear to me because sometimes we're so busy doing life, we don't recognize things about ourselves. And you know what it's like, Eric, when someone asks you a question and it's like, oh, wow, I hadn't connected those dots before or I didn't see that in myself. I was so blessed to have that experience through mentors that I've had over the last decade, through the incredible leadership that was provided for me at Life Church, friends through networking internationally. And I have seen the difference that makes, and that really just increases my passion to try to develop and encourage leaders, not only by example, but by asking hard questions and sharing my own failures. <laughs> because the most important thing that any stay at home mom knows is that we miss the mark a lot. And that's okay. I used to really struggle with the lie. I used to think a lot, I'm a bad mom. 
if my kid made a choice I didn't agree with, or if maybe I forgot to take cupcakes to the after school party. I mean, you know, there's a a long list of things. Or if I really missed a, a moment where my child really needed something for me. And the fact is, I'm not a bad mom, but I'm a learning mom. And that is what has helped me you know, through a variety of stages. And so I'm not coming at this as an expert. I'm coming at it from a person with a lot of experience in mistakes (laughs) and also a person who will not stop trying. I love the idea of, you know, Chris and I will talk about this, the idea of like software iteration and that idea that maybe we never arrive. We can always create a better user experience. I want the user experience of being in my family, around my family to be positive. And so when I think about what my child's day looks like, when I think about supporting my husband in his role, when I think about the people who are reading the blog, I am very hungry to know, one, what makes them tick, two, how can I help it tick better for them? (laughs) Does that make sense? And so it's kind of, they're insatiable questions. I have to really work on when do I stop working? not just with my family, but but also on the blog and writing. And that's why I came to that decision recently. When I was writing, I realized, gosh, what is the best way to get something that I think is important, that's easily shared and easily digested? What's the best way to do that? And that's just to carve out some time to put this content together on Kindle. Not everyone is going to want or be able to schedule coaching calls with me. Not everyone can come to Indianapolis and have coffee. And by the way, again, like I said, I'm not necessarily an expert, but I do want to share what's working for me. And so I love that idea of, um, you know, coming from the life church culture that I grew up in for the last 14 years of generosity and giving things away and being available to give input just really inspired me to continue sharing things on the blog, but also to put this book out there and just invite people to make tweaks to their approach to, you know, scheduling, uh, deciding if those things on their to-do list are actually necessary. There's a self-assessment in this book, and there's some hard questions that I think will cause anyone, whether they're a stay-at-home mom or not, to stop in their tracks and say, you know, why is this on my list? Am I trying to please someone else? Is this something from way back that causes me to say, my grass has to be cut every five days. You know, why is there a rule in my mind that says that has to happen? So I really just love breaking down people's mindsets about all the things they think they have to do and trying to help them experience that freedom, that it's not just freedom through owning less, like a minimalist lifestyle, but it's also freedom from letting all the things that we think we have to do control us and kind of flipping that list on its back and telling it, how it's going to serve us. That's a great insight. I hadn't thought about that. And by the way, I do know why I cut the grass every five days. It's because when it gets past that point, my wife thinks it's too long. <laughs> so I hear something. But, okay, uh, yes. Leave uh, that on your list, Eric. Yes. Leave that on your list. <laughs> but I've, gotten, I've gotten ahead of that. In fact, I mowed it yesterday because, and, and it had been probably two weeks, and it was because we've just had so much rain yes. around here lately, as yeah. you know. But I was also like, hmm, how many times do I have left that I have to mow this yard before I move out of this house? (laughs) Can I get away with doing it like one time? And it turns out, no, it's at least once to twice more. But anyways, yeah, the expectations that we take on from other people Mm -hmm. 
and then even internalize and make our own expectations of our self in that mm-hmm. sense. And then, and again, it's that emotional, psychological, connective, I, I was going to say tissue, but that's not right. Just, <laughs> in, you know, synapses. Yes. And it goes back to what I was talking about with the, the table where you're handing away the, you know, when the woman was giving away the table and she's emotional about a table. And and that's not to say that certain objects shouldn't contain nostalgic quality, yes. but not everything in life is drama when it comes to this stuff. So, okay, yeah. so I got to ask, how did you decide that you, or or how did you become enlightened, I should say, to the point where you knew, one, you needed an assistant slash that you could do it yourself? Mm. Well, uh, let's talk about failure. I told you I have a lot of experience <laughs> with failure. <laughs> Uh, probably five or six years ago, uh, my husband and I, well, my husband was already working at Formstack and I was continuing leadership of a nonprofit organization we were running to launch online churches in non-English speaking countries. And it was not a full-time job for me. It was, it, it kept me pretty busy during the kids' school hours, but I was, it was still flexible in the afternoons for, uh, for when they came home from elementary school at that time. But there came tasks where I realized I felt obligated they need to, needed to be done. They were not within my wheelhouse, not strengths of mine. I was losing passion and energy, but still felt these things needed to be done. So we ended up hiring a wonderful person to help me. And I was a horrible delegator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to admit that I was pretty controlling. And I had to ask myself, After all this was said and done, years down the road, I was asking myself, okay, was I a bad delegator because I wanted things done my way? Was I a bad delegator because I was worried about the brand of the nonprofit organization? I think what it was, was I was not willing to invest the time on the front end to train how I wanted things to be done, recognizing that if, as a friend of mine used to say, a coworker of mine, um, she used to say, this is a situation where we need to slow down so we can eventually speed up. I wasn't willing to do that. I was such a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person thinking, okay, I've got this limited amount of time. It's not going to be worth it to train our assistant to do this and that. So I gave her minimal things to do. She didn't have enough work. And uh, I failed at that. Fast forward to a situation where when I was working full time, doing some traveling, when I became a pastor at Life Church doing even some international travel. My husband, Chris, was traveling back to Indiana every week. And boy, the kids were in school. We had a lot to sort out. I didn't have an assistant at that time. And I had to get wise quickly. It was school of hard knocks. And boy, did I need it. It forced me to the situation of finding solutions, all of which that all that I could think of and remember, all of which I shared in the book, Become Your Own Personal Assistant, where I took the time to either show others how to do things or create, you know, automations or processes, reminders, things to really narrow down the time I was investing on things, those tasks that we hate, but are still necessary. You know, um, those things that we can't really cut out of our lives, but we want to minimize as much as possible. So I learned through that experience of poor delegation, how to reframe the things on my task list And even now, though I'm not working uh, full-time, I'm keeping all of those processes going, and it provided me the mental margin to sit down and write. You know, it provides me the mental margin to volunteer, 
uh, to invest in other relationships and, and mentoring and extra time with my kids. And I'm so thankful that that hard season forced me to relearn a couple ways that actually a lot of ways <laughs> that I was functioning so that I could come out the other end of that and go, wow, this is margin that I'm going to protect. I'm not going to let that time refill with tasks that are unnecessary. As I was going through the different tips and tricks that are found in the book, it, they all kind of came together in my mind under the umbrella of automation and organization. And I definitely saw the through line of, of minimalism in there. <laughs> I also thought that it really seemed to me as if you were placing opportunities in the right context of time and space so that they became frictionless. Mm, yes. It was all about saving mental bandwidth or reducing d decision fatigue because stuff was already set up for you. Like it was as if – this is one of those things that I like to do is to pass the baton to my future self. Yes. And it seems like that's what you, <laughs> that's what you were doing is you were like basically setting up all of – you were like, okay, so Dana's going to need this tomorrow and she's going to need this in a month and this in a week. And, and like you took the time, you set it up, and then suddenly it was as, as if you had – this digital <laughs> cyber person out there in the internet who was doing all these things for you. Yeah. Which was yeah, cool. That is it. You know, and I, I'm a strong believer in forward thinking results. I get to be an entrepreneur and also be in the moment with my family when the things that I know need to happen in the future are somehow documented so that I can enjoy today. Perfect example Last night, my son comes to me and says, Mom, we're out of, um, oh gosh, what was it? Something in our pantry. Oh, they wanted peanut butter. And so they know the question that's going to come, which is, when do we need it? Like, is this a, you need it tomorrow for lunch? Or is this a, you know, I can order on Amazon Prime or I can put it in our rotating grocery order? What is this? And he just said, oh, you know, no, we'll, we don't need it right away. So within a minute's time, it went into the order phone was put away and we finished our evening. We went for a walk. We went to soccer practice and I didn't stop. I think, you know, Dana five years ago, 10 years ago would have stopped and said, okay, I have to get in the car and go to the grocery, but I don't want to be driven by those menial tasks uh, because I will fall apart. I don't know any person that can emotionally handle all the things that come at them day in and day out. But if you have a process and develop, you know, that discipline and that habit of using the process Suddenly things like that are just a, you know, a flash in the pan. Yeah. And I know most people would say, well, the obvious thing would be just put it on your shopping list and the next time you go, no. you go do that. But you're taking it a step ahead of that because, again, you asked the right question of yeah. your son, which was, when is this need needing to be met? Yeah. And so then you have options. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a gift because – you know, everyone in my family, we all have very different personality types. We all have different things we care about, but we can all learn to think in a way that helps each other. My daughter's birthday is not for another six weeks, but she saw something recently and came home and she said, mom, I had this idea for my birthday cake this year. I would really like this. And she is like, she just loves sharks. And she was like, I really want a cookie cake because I love cookies, but I really want a shark on it. And it was so cute. And she said, I know you would like to know that now instead of the day before, you know, she just really, uh -huh. under, she understands that about me. And I feel like 
the more time we invest in becoming experts in each other and our family, even our young kids, you know, my daughter's 10, she's trying to help me win as well. And that's the whole mindset behind all of it. We want to help each other win. Of course, I want to support my kids and my husband and my friends and the things they're doing. Let's not do it in a haphazard way. (laughs) So that it's so it feels so wonderful to me as my kids age and they're kind of giving back that way as well through their example in understanding how we are trying to function so that we have more time for each other and less busy time doing errands. Yeah, that's one of the things that's kind (laughs) of I'm dealing with right now is the fact that we've got soccer games for both kids (laughs) and the packing and the moving and the day job and the side stuff. And oh, my gosh. Anyways. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, and, you know, I mean, I wonder, I think we've certainly had seasons like that, too. And I think something we try to do is just say, okay, what's the end date for this season? (laughs) What's the end point of this is enough. We will know that we can't go beyond this. And sometimes it happens naturally in the schedule, you know, when soccer season is over or when the move happens. But the fact is, if we stay in that motion, we just keep moving forward. Like I realized after we moved, we got the kids in school and I thought, great, once they're settled in school, we'll be fine. I couldn't get my brain to slow down, Eric. I got stuck in that I need to be doing something all the time motion. And finally, Chris and I just said, okay, we just need to start reading again. The TV goes off. We're going to say no thank you for now to dinner invitations. And like we had to reset our kind of our body chemistry, our mind chemistry for our home so that it didn't feel so hurried for the kids or for us. Um, The the self-awareness of how long a season can last unintentionally is something I'm really trying to develop that I'm getting there, but I'm not great yet at it. Yeah. I'm trying to do the same right now. And I know I specifically, I know when soccer ends. So that really makes me feel good knowing (laughs) where that is on the calendar and where I am in relation to that. And so, yeah, I really admire some of the hacks that you've come up with here. We should probably give at least one or two away. Sure. So let's see, what are some of my favorite ones? I like how you've got the calendar set up. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that you did is one of the things I've struggled with for a long time, which is in terms of family members or and or friends and their birthdays <laughs> and even the alerts. Mm, yes. Just having that ahead of time to be able to say, not only do I know when it is, but I'm going to get reminded of it far enough in advance to do something about it versus, oh, crap, we forgot to send out the birthday card again (laughs) on time yeah so yeah just even and and it and it doesn't take that long i mean everybody's birthdays are on facebook you can go grab all of them real quick take half hour to an hour grab all your family and friends birthdays map them out on the calendar create heck create its own calendar of that sure and then turn all the notifications on for at least a week but probably more like maybe two to three weeks, just so you're further, far enough ahead of it. That's one of the ones that I really like. Some of the self-care ones, I think, are really interesting as well. Yeah. And in fact, that kind of dovetails into what we're talking about anyway. So what are some of the ones that you've found that have made the most impact for you? Well, for self-care for me is something, again, that I am learning through failure. <laughs> I think one of the suggestions I make that probably made a bigger difference for me than I recognized, I 
paired together the understanding, again, trying to be an expert in my loved ones, trying to be an expert in myself. Someone who coaches me asked me recently, hey, what are your love languages? And I was like, okay, that question has been asked so many times, everyone knows. But it was one of those moments that I just stopped and went, you know, I haven't really thought about that. My love languages are, um, everyone in my family has quality time and I don't. So <laughs> there's some insight. I have to work hard on on providing that. That's why I try to create time at home to make sure I'm just there to hang out because I don't think of that intuitively. But for me, it's um, acts of service is a big one for me. And the ability to have things taken care of for me is probably what drives all that I've written about or anything else. I feel so loved when my husband says, oh, I knew that you needed this done. Can I take care of that for you? Can I clean your car for you or whatever? So it not whenever I receive a gift from someone who, like I think the example I give is um, car wash certificates, that might sound really unromantic, but I'm telling you, for someone like me, if it's already paid for, already taken care of, and I can put those in my car, I feel productive and I enjoy, first, I don't particularly enjoy driving, but I love being in my car more when it's clean and it doesn't have, you know, like juice boxes and everything around the inside of it. <laughs> it's a better driving experience. So um, I take care of myself. When people say, what would you like? I tell them. And I think a lot of women have a hard time saying that, saying, you know what I'd really like is just to sit at the coffee shop in silence for an hour. Could you watch my kids? Um, I used to do that a lot when my kids were younger because we didn't have family living near us overseas. So getting that time was so important from neighbor friends and they, and they would help me. So it's just the ability to communicate what I need and not feel guilty when I receive it. That's probably a whole book in itself. And I kind of gloss over it pretty quickly in this guide because I wanted it to be easily digestible, but I also wasn't about to talk about ways to be productive and work on that to-do list without recognizing, hey, the whole purpose behind this is you need to take care of yourself. You're not just cutting out, you're not just trying to create margin in your time, but you're going to use that to start thinking about what you need for sustainable ministry, for sustainable work as an entrepreneur, as a blogger, as a mom, as a dad, whatever you are. None of the things that you put out are going to be nearly as effective or helpful unless you've taken care of yourself. I asked some friends on Facebook, you know, what's the biggest thing you're dealing with right now? And kind of a theme I saw in their responses was, I'm not motivated to stay on top of things. And a couple questions further down the conversation, I started thinking, I think what they mean is, I don't have the energy to do this. And I don't know if it's making a difference anyway. Well, I don't know about you, Eric, but the way I can tell if something's making a difference is by reflection or, you know, having time to stop and think and kind of observe what's going on if I'm not in the middle of always checking things off my to-do list. And as a stay-at-home mom, I know if I don't care for myself, the quality of care I provide my family suffers. And the same was true when I led pastors at Life Church, and we had, gosh, several hundred volunteers in 40 different countries. If I wasn't taking care of myself, and there were times where I did fall behind in that, the leadership I provided them and the decision-making I did and all of those things faltered and were not as excellent as they could have been because I put more value on the task and less value on myself as a person. Yeah. And so I think it comes down to just having 
clearly defined roles mm-hmm. and having full awareness of, again, those expectations of you on yourself, but also others on yourself. And then yeah. maybe renegotiating them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We do have to renegotiate. It's it's not once and for always. <laughs> right. Well, I love the fact that your tagline on the book is how to hack your task lists once and for all to achieve a calmer life. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I want to leave people is first and foremost, you need to go get the book. And I'll have a link to it in the show notes for this episode, which is beyond the to-do list.com slash 148. And you need to click that link and go over to Amazon, one, to get the book and all the hacks that are in there, but two, to scroll down to Dana's bio and see the cute little picture of her dressed as Wonder Woman. <laughs> so I had to throw that out there. <laughs> but other than that, where else can people find you online? I'm at DanaBuyers.com, and I've been there for a decade now. Wow. Uh, a lot of people are surprised by that. Now it's morphed into, I've had a couple different names on that property, but I started blogging in 2006 when we were in the process of adopting our daughter. And it was just a means to share updates about the process and communicate. I was a stay-at-home mom at that time as well. And we were raising funds uh, so that we could pay cash for that adoption. So I wanted the people who were invested in our journey to really learn about it. So the blog turned into a community of people who've not only helped us in an incredible way to bring McKinsey home a decade ago, but also these are people who've helped us launch online churches in about a dozen different countries for cash. These are people who have watched our family adventure through downtimes and uptimes in different countries and different states. And I love the community of people. And I love that it's been a thread through my life. When they're busy seasons, I wasn't blogging consistently. Uh, now I am. It was so wild to me after I went through the sabbatical when I left my role at Life Church, really this summer, just processing, okay, what should I do next? And I realized the answer was, I don't exactly know, but I need to continue writing because one, it's so in me. I'm thinking about it all the time that I really enjoy getting to share it. But two, I just love the community of people from a variety of places and a variety of walks of life uh, and demographics over at DanaBuyers.com because they're encouraging and they share what they're doing with their lives really mirrors what I'm trying to do in my life. And so we would love for anyone to come over and hang out, comment, reply, share, let us know what you're working on because it is a place where you'll be encouraged. That's awesome. I highly encourage everybody to head on over to DanaBuyers.com and the link for that and everything else will be in the show notes. Again, it's beyond the to-do list.com slash 148. Dana, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Eric. I love being here. It's so fun catching up. So coming off of that conversation, I highly suggest going over to the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 148. Make sure to grab the link to Amazon to Dana's book. Again, make sure to check out the image in the book and on her Amazon bio where she's standing there as a little girl dressed as Wonder Woman. It's, it's awesome. And make sure to grab the book as well as the tips, the tricks, the hacks in there. And even make sure to go check out her site. I know that this is one of those areas where we all could be doing a point 
one upgrade in our lives for sure. Moving to the next user interface of ourselves in terms of margin and stability and calmness and ultimately strength when it comes to our lives. I know that's where I am definitely aiming. We also can take an upgrade in our online presence and make sure to head on over to aweber.com slash to-do to grab the free resources that Aweber has so graciously provided for listeners of Beyond the To-Do List. Again, that's aweber.com slash to-do. Get started with all those next steps in terms of creating a Facebook ad, getting subscribers for your newsletter, recording your first podcast episode, and more. aweber.com slash to-do. If you enjoyed this episode of Beyond the To-Do List, I would love it if you'd do me a favor, head on over to iTunes, beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes if you need a shortcut. Leave us a rating and or a review. It really helps the show out in terms of social proof that people like listening to this show and learn from it. In fact, that's what you can write is, I learned this from this show, and that would be awesome. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting, marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.